On this week's episode of the Activation Hour podcast, I'm focusing on self-awareness and emotional intelligence. This topic came up in a conversation with my friend, Valerie M. Sargent, who's an expert in emotional intelligence. She's a strategist, executive consultant, EQ executive coach, and an award-winning business leader. Now listen, this is a very unique situation where I could be personally coached and trained by a friend of this subject matter, but out of that conversation came some awareness, self-awareness. And I believe we could all use a bit of that in this season, but it's bigger than self-awareness. Listen and learn how self-awareness directly relates to social awareness and relationship management and even self-management. All new terms that were new to me, but made total sense as we figure out how to navigate this new terrain of diversity, inclusion, life after COVID, and all the other complications in our relationships, personal or otherwise. So let's get activated. From sales and marketing executive to now international speaker and social entrepreneur, tune in to the Activation Hour podcast as we share with friends and influencers the activation required to make an impact in sales, marketing, and the marketplace. I'm your host, Melissa D. White, the Activation Specialist, CEO, Corporate Trainer, and Nonprofit Founder. We're getting real about personal and professional moments that push us to our purpose at work and in the world. Now, let's get activated. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Activation Hour podcast. I'm your host, Melissa D. White, and I'm bringing you season two, where we're focused on the topic of unlearning. This particular season, I chose this topic because between season one and season two, I went through a series of personal growth and development understanding who I am as an entrepreneur while balancing a nine to five really brought on awareness of not only limitations, but areas of self-awareness. So this particular topic today, unlearning self-awareness and emotional intelligence, I think is highly necessary. So many of us um, may, may or may not reflect. I think it, we're doing it way more now because of the pandemic, because of um, the state of our nation and race relations. There, there are a lot of things that are holding a mirror up to us. And I could tell you even before this season, entrepreneurship was one of those things. Being a coach and a speaker and managing that part of my world held up a very big mirror. And I'm so grateful and fortunate to have friends who are experts in this area. And um, you know, while I'm guessing at figuring it out, they can really shine a light on the dark areas of my life that I didn't even know that were there. And Valerie Sargent is one of those people. <laughs> so I'm excited to welcome my guest for today, Miss Valerie M. Sargent. Hey. Hey, welcome. That's so nice to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. You know, you're one of my favorite people to hang out with. <laughs> and same here. You know, I had to catch myself on introducing you because I, you're a dear friend and I know you as your nickname. And and then I want to be sure, hey, the audience knows you as Valerie, but I'd want you all to know as listeners, this is coming from such a pure and authentic place because she's a friend. <laughs> and so, 
this, 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 we came to um, the topic of this episode, not just because this is Valerie's passion and her calling, but she gave me some very clear insight recently. I'm, I'm a very introspective person anyway, but she pointed out some things and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. Oh, wow. I need, uh, like, I just, I had no idea. And you need friends like that. Um, and Valerie is truly one of those friends. I'll tell you a little bit about Valerie M. Sargent and her bio. Um, she has a passion for bringing vitality to individuals and organizations. And she truly is just a ball of energy and just gorgeous. And she's such a light wherever she goes. Um, she began her career 30 years ago, which means she started at like 10 years old, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a leasing consultant in the multifamily industry, which is how we met is in my professional career. But we quick, um, we quickly grew to be friends as we saw each other you know, in our speaking circuit and conference circuit. Um, she actually became an entrepreneur and 2005. So you got what 15 years under your belt. That's a lot of experience and a lot of highs and lows that I definitely want to hear about today. Um, working independently with private clients as president of her own company, Valerie M. Sargent Inc., and collaborating separately with visionary and former colleague Yvette Poole. Together, they help businesses achieve their goals and reach exciting new heights as she serves as the president of Val uh, Yvette Pool and Associates. Yeah. And she's now a national speaker and really international. Her influence stretches far and wide. I want to talk about some of those international connections today. Uh, she's a trainer. I mean, a dynamic trainer. You learn so much from her in the high value and awareness of what uh, emotional intelligence is and what it means to our lives. So welcome, my good friend, Valerie M. Sargent. <laughs> Wow. That was a nice introduction. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, we always read those bios and it's like, wow, who's that person? I want to meet <laughs> And that's you. And so you, you always educate me. It doesn't matter whether we're having dinner or hanging out. You know, I had opportunity. We, I think we really bonded when I spent time with you um, out at your home and in your neck of the woods on the West Coast in California. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this lady is like, you're the real deal. You're the real deal. And so you you love what you do. How did you even stumble across emotional intelligence and become passionate about it? You know, um, with a trainer's background, as we, we both have, I after I quit my corporate job, um, what was then the American Society of Training and Development, which is now ATD, they had their annual conference that I went to, I believe like that in 2005, that next year. And I went to that, you know, just kind of as my, cause I, I had a little, I'm stepping away from the corporate world, taking a breather, figuring out what's next is kind of where I was. And I had the opportunity to sit in a session with Daniel Goldman, who right. is the man who brought emotional intelligence into the workplace. And he wrote the book about emotional intelligence that really got everybody talking about it. And I was fascinated, honestly. It's just like, I just was like, what is this? Why are people not learning this? This is like the most critical skill that people can have. And I was thinking in particular with our industry, Melissa, that it's not taught in our industry of multifamily mm -hmm. and that was like a little aha and you know so i was taking notes and 
just going crazy with the notes. And it was one of those things that I, I went to that session and it just kind of stuck with me. Well, then I, I read the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Later, I ended up getting a certification in emotional intelligence in 2013 because I wanted the right to speak about it because I was starting to put together some content, some things here and there, and I thought it was so needed. And I definitely thought it was a niche in our industry that needed to be filled. And then I was like, but I really want to take it to another level. And so I became a talent smart certified emotional intelligence tra trainer, uh, level one and level two. So I actually teach a professional curriculum. I go into businesses and perform appraisals for those employees to figure out where they stand with emotional intelligence. And then I teach them a full day of learning, you know, what the aspects of it are, ways that they can recognize it within themselves, things that they can do to improve, you know, in areas where they're not as strong and give them a, a plan in going forward, you know, how to grow that skill because it is a skill. And that's one of the things that a lot of people don't under, understand is mm -hmm. emotional intelligence can be learned. How so? How, how does one learn it? Obviously you intentionally set out and it's, it's, I don't believe it's a common known term self-awareness is and I, I think particularly today with companies who are bringing employees back in and leaders are more cognizant of how they come across the teams and we're, we're all examining this thing how does one study emotional intelligence in that way well can i toss something back to you or are you are you game go for it <laughs> so, what do you think emotional intelligence is um my knowledge of my emotions just when you take the two words yeah. Okay. So I will always ask that question at the beginning of any session that I do. How many of you know what emotional intelligence is, what it means? And like less than half the room raises their hands, mm -hmm. which tells me that there are a lot of people that still need to learn about emotional intelligence. And, and because a lot of people will take it just as you. Well, okay. Like, it's using your emotions to be smart about things. Okay. You know, like you're kind of putting the, the, the words together and that's, you know, a natural thing to do, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's a component of, of four different parts. It's the self-awareness that you spoke of is part of emotional intelligence. It's okay. An aspect of emotional intelligence. And so to learn about it, you really have to first learn about yourself. Hmm. Yeah, self-awareness is the foundation of emotional intelligence. It's being okay. able to, to really start to recognize things within yourself first, because really once you start that work on yourself, then everything else comes from there. So when I teach a class, we actually spend the majority of the time in, in like the first part of it in self-awareness because it's so important. Wow. So I, and that's new I, when making the topic, I didn't realize it was actually perfect in seeing self-awareness and emotional intelligence that that comes first. It's a cornerstone essentially. And then you do it upon that. You know, it's very easy and particularly in today's society, we see a lot of defensive behavior and blaming. And yeah. it always fascinates me because it's like, well, what role do you play and what's occurring? Have you, assess your own part in this. So that's very interesting, the self-awareness piece. 
So that's so, one piece of it, Melissa, if I could just take it a few steps further. Please, so, yes. so intelligence is really just being able to, you know, assess what's going on within yourself. And it's how you gather what's going on. You're gaining information about what emotions are happening within your body, within your brain, what you're experiencing. And you're using that information to handle, handle yourself effectively. And so it really comes into play with your interpersonal relationships. So it's how you interact with others and how you, you have those relationships. It's allowing you to manage yourself more effectively. So there are four components. Self-awareness is the first one, but then there's self-management is the second one. Ah. Awareness is the third one and relationship management is the fourth. So those are the, the four core you know, competencies within emotional intelligence. And so each one of those bears a certain importance. Two of them are related to yourself, the self-awareness, and then what I'm gonna do with that awareness, the self-management. And then the social awareness is paying attention to other people and what's going on with others. And then the relationship management part of that is what, what we do with those relationships. You know, when we notice something with someone, how are we handling that? You know, how are we, handling that relationship, what are we choosing to do with it? What actions are we taking? What things are we saying? You know, even right now with the way things have been, if somebody is more despondent or they're not motivated, you know, being able to pick up on that and, and to reach out to someone and, and to say something is a relationship management skill. But it first starts with noticing that they're despondent. Mm, it first starts with noticing. Yeah, that's the social awareness aspect of it. Wow. Wow, that's such a revelation. Um, I've always wondered, even whether it's in my personal or professional relationships, you know, sometimes have you ever seen like situations when someone feels like, hey, they should have noticed that that hurt me or they should have noticed like how, like, well, you weren't paying attention to me. Do, so is that a part of that, as you call it, um, that EQ scale of how aware you are and how you come across to other people? Well, so let's think about that. Should have, uh, should have, they should have. Mm -hmm. Well, did you tell them that they, that did you tell them that's what you thought they should have done? Did they know that they should have done that? Did you have an expectation for them that you did not communicate to them? Therefore they had no idea that they needed to do that for you to feel loved or you to feel validated or whatever it was that you needed in that moment. Did they know that you needed that wow. or was it unexpressed? And was it just a rule that you created in your own mind for humans? And then you created an opportunity to be disappointed because you certainly didn't communicate that. You just thought they should have done that. They should have known. They should have reached out to me. A true friend would have picked up on that. But would they? Mm. Not always. Some people don't have great social awareness skills. Wow. They just don't. And so if you, let's say you're high on social awareness and you pay attention to other people and you're expecting someone who's really low in social awareness to treat you the way that you treat people, you're going to be disappointed yeah. because that's not what their strong point is with regard to emotional intelligence. Because do they even know that that's not their strong point? Probably not because they're not studying emotional intelligence. Wow. I'm so mind blown. Like the part we said. <laughs> It's the it's an it's an opportunity to be disappointed. It's almost like it's misplaced or misguided expectations. Absolutely. 
Expectations will create disappointment all the time. All period. Wow. Period. Because we are usually holding expectations and not communicating those. We hold an expectation for someone that they are going to perform a certain way or do a certain thing or treat us in a certain manner. Or we may have a standard that we have. You know, the standard may be uh, that I, I, I don't like to be ignored and somebody didn't get back to me and they should have gotten back to me. Mm-hmm. Now they're ignoring me is my interpretation because they didn't get back to me. I don't know what they have going on in their day, but because I created that expectation that they should have gotten back to me, I have now allowed them to disappoint me with their ignoring of me. This is good, Valerie. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, like I have these mental signals going, psh, 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 like I'm thinking <laughs> of all of these situations. It's like, uh, oh my gosh. I hope you guys are having this revelation as well, because this is very real and it's not taught. It's this is I'm unlearning as you speak right now. Wow. About um not only expectations of others, but the the my own thoughts and expectations upon myself. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've learned in this season in 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 the pandemic and you know social distancing. You and I discussed this offline, which is why I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to We got to talk to other people about this openly. Um, I didn't realize how I was handling stress. And you as a friend, you called to check on me, not just because of, you know, the racial tensions in the country, but just like, hey, are you OK? And I was like, you know what? I, I didn't realize that stress sent me into overdrive mm-hmm. and that it was like a fight or flight where some people. Um, or like, hey, I, I got to fold. I got to sit this one out. I might need to go back to bed and put the blanket over my head. Or I might need to distance further because I can't handle that right now. Mm-hmm. And what I did not know about myself, um, I go into overdrive. It's like, I can't control the world. I can't control COVID. I can't control race relations. But the one thing I can control is my work. So I'm going to work like a mad person because that's the one thing in this world I have control over. And I wish you would have passed some of that off to me <laughs> because I went more interior, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'm an empath. And so everything that's been happening around the world right now, my mirror neurons are lighting up and I am just so in it. And I have to remove myself a little bit from that to shield myself from, from the, just the sadness of it all. You know, and, and and the grief at, mm-hmm. at not being able to to do things to impact change in the way that I thought we already had. That's why I, I told you I had a conversation with my friend David earlier, and I when I was talking to him, I said, I think you know, for me, I have been experiencing through this, and so part of emotional intelligence is being able to identify your emotions that you're having as you're having them and put a name to them. You know, but I've been experiencing such sadness as a white woman, not understanding that it has been at the level that it has been. I was telling him, I thought it was like a one-off thing here or a one-off thing there, or this happened there, or this happened here. And this has really brought 
a lens of focus to this happens a lot, like all the time. And when I was talking to him, I said, when was your first experience where you were, you know, kind of called out for being black and, and that you were treated differently? And he's like, as long as I can remember, he's like, I was a boy. And, and so to know that my dear friend, you know, had these different experiences that he went on to share a few of those with me, it just makes me profoundly sad that I, I've had these friends that have never told me these things because as he said, it's just part of, of what they've had to live, you know, like these friends yeah. that they've had to go through this and it just, it makes me sad. So sadness for me is a big part of what's been going on. You know, to to take that, and then so you know, people don't know what to do with their emotions. I think a lot right now. There are so many different ones. That's that true. So, what happens when we don't know what to do with them? They well, okay. So, I think you know, with we first have to figure out what they are. You know, that's that's the big part. So, our emotions live in a, a place in our brain in our limbic system, that's the emotional center of our brain. And, and I think when everything was happening with the pandemic that started happening, there were a lot of, you know, I, I took a survey of people and great gratefulness, being grateful was one of the top emotions people experienced, but then there was also uncertainty and anxiety and fear and like I can't remember what the fifth one was, but like so a lot of things that people maybe didn't necessarily normally feel. Like normally I'm not an anxious person. That's not my baseline. Have I been anxious through all of this? Uh yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I lose half of my income because I go to large places and speak at large events and suddenly half my income disappears because we have a pandemic. That's true. I felt anxious and uncertain and grateful that I had one client that was really keeping me going. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's being able to identify what you're feeling as you're feeling it and knowing that there's no shame in that. A lot of people will then make themselves feel bad that they're feeling a certain way. Um, but really, there's no shame in what you feel. What you feel is what you feel. We're human beings. We are created to be feeling creatures, which is wonderful. We get to experience a lot of different things. But, you know, what do we then do with that? And that's really your question was, how do we manage that? I, you first have to notice it. Most, most people like just live in it and they're not being aware of it. Mm -hmm. You can't manage something that you don't know exists. That's good. I might that's have to good. You have that one down. Can you write that one down? <laughs> no, I, I always like I'm driving over here. You guys will definitely get the show notes on this because <laughs> what you said, no shame, and how you feel. And we're very good at packing things away and not addressing it as humans. Yeah. Because it's a you know a sign of weakness, right? Or some in some cases. Many people may not have the tools. It's like, okay, you want me to face something that I'm not equipped, like I, whether it's my parents didn't teach me because they themselves didn't know, right? Yeah. Or whether it's um, I may not know on my own how to process that. 
Um, it's a lot of different reasons and shame being one of them. Like I'm ashamed I feel this way and therefore I can't articulate or address it. And so for me in this season and, and guys, please, you know, we want to hear your comments and your feedback because this is a safe place um, on learning. That's what this is all about. And I had to avail myself to my friend Valerie and say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't like it was family dynamics, <laughs> being a caregiver and being ashamed if, if I wasn't handling that well or, you know, even the shame of, hey, maybe I do want to sleep, but then I feel guilty. Shame and guilt go hand in hand. That's, big one. That's big. Guilt is a monster. Yep. I gave that one up a long time ago. I don't like it. <laughs> I finally have wrestled that thing down. But <laughs> it's, I'm serious. It's You have to do a lot of just, it's dirty work. Just yeah. wrestle down and defeat guilt and shame because you have to call yourself out on some stuff. Yeah. It doesn't always feel good. And so um, even be, and it's little things, being aware of the language you use and what that really means in your psyche. You called me out really good on that. I got, <laughs> I got it. I, this is me. You know, guys, I always say to you, I lived it so I can tell it. So my dear friend, literally, this was a couple of days ago, and I have it on my on my board here. <laughs> the phrase, guys, I, I I tend to use the phrase, and I have not used it since you said it. It is on my board in my face at my office. Do not use this phrase. I, and guys, and I want you to think about your own repetitious phrases that may be involuntary, and you just coin it. It's just, oh, it's just something I say. Words matter. It's never something you just say. And mine was truth be told. Truth be told. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell on you. I was going to let you know. That's, that's what happens when, when you mess around and you give, you know, radical truth tellers a platform. We tell on ourselves. And so. Well, <laughs> I compliment you, though, because you did um, a, a session, a podcast last night with Kate and Amanda. Yeah. I would love to compliment you. I love the way you string words together, Melissa. You actually have a beautiful orator's gift of choosing beautiful words to go together in a sentence. I wrote one down last night. Oh wow, thank you. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm like, I I wanna I wanna share this one. Because you said you said safe space earlier and it reminded me. And she, you said safe spaces of radical candor where people trust you with their truth. Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh my gosh. And then you also said um, laws that although they have been eradicated, they still have deeply steeped impact. And I'm like, deeply steeped like that. Like, it, like that creates a totally different reception of the, the whole concept. Like that they have deeply steeped impact. Like it's been that that tea, mm -hmm. that tea bag has been just steeping in there for a long time. You can't separate tea. Exactly. It's, it's embedded. It's ingrained. It's in there. You got to just drink the tea and deal with it. And that's really what it is. Yeah. So I love the way you string words together, my friend. It is. You're very good at it. So that, which is why I wanted to point out that one phrase. <laughs> All right. Given the compliment my friend just gave, let me just bring a point of awareness. So this, this is a perfect bridge. I'm glad. I appreciate you very much for sharing that 
But I think that sets a perfect stage for the correction. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I posted on Facebook yesterday. I said, um, this is the season where we need to welcome and be thankful for the truth tellers. Valerie is one of my truth tellers that oftentimes when you're good at something and words, I've, I've been a student of words my entire life. I'm passionate about words as an orator, not naturally so. So my friend knowing this about me said, wait a minute, there's a disconnect between your use of language and the way you're using this particular phrase as it pertains to yourself. And it sticks out like a sore thumb. Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps, right? It sticks out like a sore thumb. And as your friend, I have to call you out on it. I was like, okay. So here's here's a lesson in unlearning, guys. If you know, every week I share my show notes and I even give you your own um, unlearning log of the week, like things to write down. So if you write it down, here it goes. In that moment, I could have shut down and not been receptive to my truth teller. Okay. There are moments like welcome those people into your life because it makes your personal development and self-awareness that much sweeter. It's called humility. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to accept a truth about myself that may not match the image I had of myself before knowing that truth? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an excellent orator and I think I'm a master at words. But in this particular instance, you called me out on, I think, within a 30 minute time frame on the phone. I said, truth be told, like 10 times. Yeah. And she said, wait, let's unpack this. Y'all, Valerie, all and, and the way that only she can, but that but Valerie is one of many. Let me just be clear. Um, this whole season is about people who have told me the truth and taught me something, whether about myself or about the world that I didn't know, and I needed to open myself to learning. Um, and I it wasn't the fact that I was saying it, it was what it was rooting it rooted in. Why would, why did I feel the need to repeat truth be told? Right. Well, it's almost like you wanted to make it clear that here's the truth. <laughs> but uh -huh. saying that, that negates the actual meaning. And you and I have the friendship where we do have that safe space with one another and, and can have deep and meaningful conversations. And I, I think it's, one of our favorite things about each other is that we know that we, we are safe with one another and not everyone has that. And I, you know, and that makes me sad for people because you should always have at least one, one person that is a, a very safe place where you can go and just really be completely yourself and, and not, not feel, feel guilt and just say, Hey, can you talk through this with me? Or what are your thoughts on this? And, and it, I think it, it lands in a place of non-judgment and, and that's like the thing, like knowing that you're not judged for what has just been said. Mm -hmm. And I'm blessed to have, you know, a handful of people in my life like that. And I, I cherish and hold close those people, you know, like my relationship management, I, those are going to be the relationships that I really manage in life because I know that those are also the relationships that are going to lift me up ask me the tough questions, hold up a mirror 
and and make me be a better person. Mm -hmm. And um, even just today, you know, David and I were having a really great conversation. And, um, you know, one of the things he was talking about is when you tell your truth, there are people who are so uncomfortable with it mm -hmm. that you then alienate yourself from those people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that that is something for some truth tellers that they're separating themselves from from other people when they do that. And so where do you fall in that that little <laughs> swinging bit there? Are you okay with it? Yeah. And, um, he said, I've never been that a person that's been uncomfortable with that. And I said, but that's because you are emotionally intelligent. The right. thing with emotional intelligence you need to pay attention to is the moments where you have the discomfort, that's where your growth opportunity is. Mm. Because he's like willing to just go through that. And when you're having that discomfort, you know, when you're willing to just go ahead and, and, and if, let's consider it a swimming pool, even if you just wade into the pool and you're willing to look at it a little bit and say, ooh, the fact that that person just said that made me uncomfortable. You're like, okay, I'm gonna get out of the pool now. <laughs> and then you're gonna leave the pool. Well, that's okay. Yeah. But you won't experience any growth from that. So, but mm -hmm. if you know that, you don't have to dive in the deep end. You can still just kind of wade in the pool and then go a little deeper, and you know, <laughs> stay in the pool. Stay in the pool. Don't leave the swimming pool because you're uncomfortable. Mm, don't check out, basically. Don't. Yeah. don't. A lot of people, when they're uncomfortable, you you mentioned fight or flight. So your amygdala in the limbic center of your brain. It's constantly trying to keep you safe. So that's what causes the fight or flight. And so suddenly you feel uncomfortable and your amygdala is like, what? Do we need to run? Do we need to yell? What do we need to do? Okay, let's yell. And then so you react and, and you're not going with the logical center of your brain when your amygdala gets hijacked. So if you're really... Like you've got something emotional that has just happened that you're having a reaction to something. It's because your amygdala has been set off and you're not going to reach that logical part in your brain when your amygdala is like, oh my God, we need to do something. Yeah. Wow. You know, we did discuss that before. Like it's totally biological. Um, emotions do trigger a, a neurological, biological um, result. And it's all connected. It's just so amazing how we're made and designed. Um, and when we talked about that, I said, whoa. So then what's crazy about that to me is after this like crazy series of events in 2020, we've had this constant stream of that going on. Right. Where we have not had a break in the fight or flight. There's been, it's so our bodies and our neurological system feels like, well, I'm, I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Our cortisol levels are at an all-time high. And so and people will switch into habits that bring them comfort, right? So that's why you've got a lot of people overeating right now, drinking too much, um, not exercising, you know, that they're shutting down. Or yeah. some people are just like, forget it all, and they're just going out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's all different levels, and everybody deals with things differently. And... You just have to have a space for people to just, there's this thing going around the internet, be kind anyway. 
like realize that everybody's doing what they're doing and you know shaming them for it doesn't help yeah but just do your thing be an example that you wish to see in your world and surround yourself with people that are like-minded but challenge yourself but with those people who are like-minded but different and open who you can have those conversations with Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that came up last night with Eric is he was saying, you know, he learned so much from people that were from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we are only with people who believe the way we believe and think the way we think, then our relationships are, are limited. Yes. You know, when our mind is limited because yes. we, the more we know, the more we grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. Um, you know, we touched on, you know, the whole judgment of other people and all, you know, all I personally choose to think about is, but wait, before I, before I do this and that's me catching myself, it's, but where am I in all of this? I mean, take it back to what I said in the, in the beginning of our conversation here. And that really Honestly, that whole comment or the, the repetitious statement of truth be told came out of that. It was for so long in the world, I withheld my truth because I, I inflected judgment on other people of how they would treat me or how they would respond to my truth. And so now in this season, because radical candor, like I'm just spilling all of my beans here and I'm like, hey, so I felt the need to preface everything I said with truth be told. But what I realized is that now it gives that it gives the unspoken connotation that well, wait, were you lying before? And I had to be honest. Saying that it, it came from a place where you thought people were judging you for it. Mm -hmm. So look at that. So that's that's what I would like to unpack here right now. Let's and unpack. <laughs> no, seriously, because emotions come from other places, right? Mm -hmm. So, and our thoughts, when we assign meaning, that's what creates emotion. And so you came up with this phrase because you thought you were going to be judged for what you said. So you're like, but this is the truth up front. You're going to tell them truth be told. So don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, I just had my lesson on unlearning live <laughs> on air. There you have it. So how the process works, right, Melissa? <laughs> Let me process that. We're gonna take a really quick break for our sponsors and our commercial. And when we come back, I want to talk more. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that information. I'm gonna list I'm literally gonna go back and listen to this episode and study what you just said. That is like, you know, the little mind blown emoji. That's me right now. So on that note, <laughs> quick break, and we I wanna come back and talk more to my guest, Valerie M. Sargent, and hear more about self-management and her in the paw series. We'll be back in just a moment on the Activation Hour podcast. All right, so now I uh, <laughs> have unpacked truth be told. <laughs> you didn't know we could go any deeper on that one, did you? Oh, man, I'm just small doses, please. Small right. You know what? It comes from conversation because then I can hear you. And that I mean, then that's kind of how I coach is like I can hear things and I can discern where they're coming from. And so that's what 
once you really look into the emotions that you're having, like really looking into the history and, and you know, when you have reactions to things, paying attention. When was the last time you had a reaction to something similar? You know, when was the last time you had a similar reaction? You know, and really paying attention, that's when we begin to notice what our emotional habits are and how we respond. That's so good. So listen, you have a system or a series rather that you call It's In The Pause. Tell us about it. What does that mean? So for me, as I really got into emotional intelligence, I realized that so much of it happens in the pause. Like the pause is that space where emotional intelligence happens. It's that pausing for that self-awareness, figuring out what's going on in our bodies. The, the feelings that we're having can almost lead us to the emotions. Like for instance, if, I, um, if I'm feeling scared about something, a lot of times I'll tense up, you know, I, I'll feel it in my traps my trapezoids up here, uh, my throat might get restricted. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm trying not to cry, I stop breathing. Well, if you breathe, don't breathe, you know, you can't yeah. get any oxygen, you can't calm your body down. Right. It makes things worse. And so I'm, I'm one of those angry criers. Sometimes if I'm mad, I want to cry because I'm uh. mad. Uh, you know, so it's being able to realize that that's, who you are, that's how you process things. And it's just paying attention to your body. So if you're pausing to really say what's going on, that mm -hmm. also gives you a moment to get to that logical part of your brain instead of sitting in the amygdala reaction of things. And so it's really more of a, a self-management technique, but it's also to me the space where emotional intelligence happens. And so I've developed some professional series where I go out and I give educational sessions or keynotes, but I'm also in the process of developing some online educational courses for individuals. And so that people who want to enhance their emotional intelligence skills, that they can learn it. Because I've been so focused on doing this within the business world, but the joys that I've had with the EQ executive coaching that I've done, where I see the personal breakthroughs that are happening as well as the business breakthroughs, it's the most rewarding. And I want everybody to have the opportunity to feel that and experience that. So that's why I created it. Yeah. I'm not done yet, but it's in process. But COVID got me too. Like as far <laughs> as it, it got my brain and it didn't do what you do. Otherwise it'd be done right now. Uh, you know, and that, but there's no shame or no guilt in that. You handled it the way, yeah. There's there's no shame in that. You know, yeah. when you were explaining, it's in the pause. It's kind of like what I call um, reacting versus responding. Yeah, and there's a difference. And I had to another another lesson in unlearning. Um, <laughs> I had to call myself. It actually took my pastor was the first person to call me out on it. Um, about a year ago, and she it, it started with text messages where it would actually be some very clear instructions or something that I needed to sit with, whether it was a spiritual instruction or if it was a little instruction for something, you know, at the church or whatever we needed to do. You know, because I work with the marketing team there, and I would just quickly, I would just send it back. Okay, got it. Okay, thanks. Or I would like, you know, you were, doing. You were busy doing. 
<laughs> and that's that's reacting. Mm -hmm. Responses you sit with. Mm. You sit with responses and you process. Yep. And and what was happening, like literally, and, and we have to be very careful. I was missing very key parts of the instruction because I felt okay. Let me give them a quick read again. It's oh, this is so good. This it was it wasn't an action based on me. It was it was an action based on expectation. Like I expect that someone who I consider an authority or someone whose feelings I care about needs a quick response from me. Did did they tell you that they needed a quick oh, response? No, no, not at all. So you created an expectation for somebody else. Look yeah. at that. It wasn't uh, even. Guys, welcome to my therapy session. No, seriously. But but how many of us do that? Oh how yeah. How many of us do that in like our relationships? We want it, whatever. Yeah. So, and without ever asking them. Well, what ever asking. We're what actually you really want. I'll tell you what I want. What I really want. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Listen, she told me though, Valerie. She said. I would rather a delayed response mm. than a quick reaction. Ooh. And then you felt guilty. <laughs> no, actually, no. You know what I did feel? I felt relief and I felt peace. Good. Because Ooh. now there was an agreement and there was permission for me to slow down. Okay. So, but there was an agreement. There was an agreement. You said, this is my expectation. You agreed on the expectation and then those expectations can be met. Now we can move just, forward. Yeah. You know, it's amazing when communication happens, which is a key component of emotional intelligence. Yes. Why well, I wanted you guys to hear this conversation. I mean, it's, this has been life changing for me. Um, it's, it hasn't been quite a year. I mean, I always, I've always known that you're fabulous at what you do, but I think as our conversations got deeper in our friendship, this is when I was like, whoa, man, like everybody needs a Valerie in their lives, man. Because I remember, um, you know, I talk a lot on, on this platform on the Activation Hour podcast about my journey, you know, bridging between um, employment and entrepreneurship. Essentially, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I talk a lot about my gap year, which was the 18 month stint between my last job and this one. And I, I, I talk a lot about work trauma <laughs> in uh -huh. last season and in this one. And, you know, Valerie, you, you helped me. I think that was one of the biggest lessons in unlearning that, oh, it, you helped me bury that thing and, and put it to rest. And it was understanding. Some of you may be listening and you've had to end a work relationship a friendship, a relationship. And sometimes what happens, we have to be careful not to slip into the lane of victimhood and say, well, they did this to me. And some, and you said to me that day, as it pertains to, you know, my past jobs or bad bosses or whatever you want to label it, doesn't matter. You say, you know, it's not really like they were bad or you were bad. It's just your values didn't match anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like it, like the scales, just fell away in that moment. And that was a point of self-awareness. Again, there's a lot of things we can do to or say in this season to blame other people. Mm -hmm. But 
what role do we play? And it, it only has power when you give it permission. And when you like, it was me giving permission to say, it is okay for you to not agree with me. Therefore I release you. Yep. Yeah. You know what? I've had goosies going a whole time. I like keep getting goosebumps. That's the, I mean, that's how I work when I coach is like, I know if I something like the little goosebumps and, and like you saying that brings me so much purpose just in our, our, our friendship, like to know that that helped you to that level. Like, it set me free. And that's what self-awareness about self-awareness equals freedom to me. Yeah. Oh, it makes me want to cry. Oh, you're such an empath. I'm a happy crier too. Yes. Look, if you're listening to this audibly, go back and watch this YouTube broadcast because boy, is it good. It's really two friends having a real conversation about self-awareness. And, and really what I, my, my hope and my prayer for all of you listening is that you find your deepest, most, most transparent place of self-awareness, like transparency with yourself. Yeah. And that way it's so, it's so much easier to be vulnerable with the world when you can be transparent with yourself. Right. And that's real freedom. That's real freedom. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like they yeah. don't feel comfortable in their own skin mm. and they don't accept where they are, who they are, you yeah. know, part of themselves. And so much about emotional intelligence comes down to the, the negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people talk most negatively to themselves. And so it's really being able to, you know, set that little voice inside, outside, and realize that, you know, if this were a friend that were talking to me like this, I would not keep this friend. <laughs> you know, that's so true, man. We say some ugly things to ourselves. We are very unkind to ourselves. So imagine how that comes out, uh, out of our mouths, mm -hmm. from our head to our hearts and out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of times the things people say, if it's, something that could be taken in offense because offense is a choice. That's my belief about that. But if it could be taken in offense, it's like, I asked myself like, whoa, 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 that's not personal. That that's something that was in your heart and that came out of your mouth. And I don't I, like, can you work that out? I got a friend named Valerie. You need to call and work that out. But, I don't, <laughs> but for real, some, and I think in this season, especially when we get into the conversation about racial climate right now, mm -hmm. you got to ask yourself, one, like this person doesn't know me personally, whether it's down to like the name calling, the shaming, the the very hurtful derogatory words um, in society right now. And you got to ask yourself like, wait, you don't know me personally. So what in, what's in your head that was embedded in your heart? Because it's just, you know, the issues of, of life flow out of your heart and it comes out of your mouth. And this mouth thing, what is it a weapon? There's so much hate. You know, there's just so much hatred. And and I think a lot of times it is hatred itself too. Because I, I pay attention sometimes to to people that I I see them spewing some hateful things, but I also see them spewing hateful things about themselves. Like I will watch them say something about themselves or the, their life, and I I'm like Okay, well, you know, that's that's a mental space that they were perhaps we don't know a lot of times what someone's life was growing up. There are a lot of things that we can't see. And that's a big part of emotional intelligence, too, is realizing that there are so many hidden things. If we're talking about social awareness and noticing things about people. There's some stuff that we're not even able to notice. 
Like we, we don't know people's backgrounds. We don't know about the day they're having that they're having. Right. We, we don't know uh, underlying health issues. We don't know uh, what their past has entailed with regard to abuse or any negative things that may have happened. These aren't things that we see on the surface when we meet someone. It's not something that people typically share. So it's something that they will hide. Well, what comes with, with hiding things? Shame. Shame. Right? So all of those things come up. And it's not until people learn to become self-aware and understand what they're feeling and experiencing and learning to become comfortable within their own skin that then they can start to to have better relationships with people. And it, it is, again, it's a skill that can be grown, but you have to want to. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there that are completely fine with where they are mentally and emotionally. They are who they are, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be. And that's it. That's yeah. okay. That's for them. That's okay. You mm -hmm. know, I always strive to serve those who want to grow and who want to become better people and who want to build a better world. That's who I am. Hmm. And on that note, self-awareness is, I believe, Valerie, the highest form of self-love. Yeah. Mm. And so now when I can love myself, I'm better in position to love others. Yeah. You're becoming comfortable with what you're noticing about yourself. Cause it's like when you notice a reaction happening, let's say you had an unspoken expectation for someone. Yeah. Let's go back to that example that I had about the ignoring, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So it, and, and that's, by the way, I, that was a thing I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe that person's ignoring me. That is one of mine. <laughs> I, I don't like to be ignored, but mm -hmm. I also don't make it a thing anymore, but I used to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I haven't heard from that person now, you know, because of where I am now with my growth in my life, I'm able to, if I haven't heard back from someone, I'm like, Oh gosh, they must be having a day, you know, mm -hmm. and, and set that aside. And I don't get caught up in it. I don't have the looping thoughts. That's another thing that we do. We loop a lot of thoughts sometimes yeah. up in them. And yeah. so I, I don't let that little hamster wheel start going. And I, I set it aside and I, I don't make it about me. That's about them. They're not getting back to, to me. That's about them. It's not about me. Hmm. That's so you know, true. It is about me. I hope that they'll tell me. You know? <laughs> Expectation. You know, it's, oh man, we could go around and around with that one. But listen, Valerie, you, you have such a gift. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer, you know, for the leaders out there who are listening to this, that this is a necessary component in being a better leader for your people and your own self-awareness for teams so that we are self-aware and emotionally intelligent on how we impact and affect one another. And then, like I said, for ourselves, for our own growth and development and process of unlearning. Valerie, um, care to share how my audience can stay connected with you because it just gets better from here. Tell them how they can learn more about you and the work you're doing in emotional intelligence. Oh, sure. Well, first, my website is ValerieMSargent.com, M as in mindful. Um, <laughs> so 
go. It's um, probably the best way to, to reach me. If you want to like contact me, you can go ahead and go there. My contact information, you just fill out a form. And you can follow me on Twitter, Valerie at Valerie M. Sargent. So I'm on Twitter. And I have a blog. It's in the pause.com. I have in this season been pulling in a little bit. And so I think I've been creating content in my head. And so I, I, I commit to you, Melissa, and to your audience that I'm going to, to start writing. I, I have some titles of some blogs that I'm going to start with. And I commit to, to doing that more regularly again. And that will be the place where my course will live once that is completed, nice. if people want to, to do that. I do, uh, for anybody that has uh, teams that they want to pull together and actually do a level one training, you know, I can come and do that training for companies, for teams. It's, as you said, it's amazing for leadership teams. Yes. And I have watched teams grow. I have gone in and done like a, a level one training. And then I have executive coach the attendees for the next year to help them with that growth and things that they have dealt with at work. And that's been just really wonderful to watch that progression from a training through the coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, you know, I can do, if anybody is interested in getting an appraisal, I can, can take you through that process as well. So um, yeah, feel free to reach awesome. out. Transformational work, self-work. Guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to my conversation my lesson in unlearning self-awareness and emotional intelligence with Valerie M. Sargent. Valerie, thank you for spending your afternoon with me. This was phenomenal. Thank it's you. Joy. I love <laughs> spending time with you. And thank you for having me. And it's just like another one of our conversations. We just happen to be recording it for other um, people. There you go. You guys have definitely sat in on one of our talks. This, this is how it goes. So thank you so much. Guys, if you're listening to this and this episode has truly touched and activated you in some way, please subscribe to my YouTube channel at the Activation Hour. And also check out my guest today, Valerie M. Sargent. You can reach oh, her at Valerie M. Sargent. Argent. Valerie M. Sargent. There are two. Sergeant, okay. Got you. All right, guys, make sure you check the show notes and I will put the link to her website so you can learn more about her training in emotional intelligence, as well as uh, the blog. You heard it here first. She's going to drop some more content to help us be better at self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Make sure you subscribe, share this episode and leave a review. I want to continue to bring you high value content and phenomenal guests that share their lessons and unlearning. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs>
65% of people say that working with a coach helped them improve performance at work. And 80% said that coaching helped them improve their self-confidence. What better way to invest in your team than by being a coach through Activation Coaching International? Learn more at bit.ly slash ready to coach. See our show notes for details. If you love this episode, please make sure to subscribe, turn on your notifications, and share with a friend. Also, if you really want to get behind the scenes, go now to our YouTube channel at The Activation Hour. The link is found in the show notes for you to actually see my guest live and in person and to even catch more details of our conversation behind the scenes. Stay connected and join us next time for The Activation Hour, Purpose at Work and in the World.